0: following is a member of the growler media podcast network find out more at growlermedia.com. really katie <laughs> this alone
1: judge dread
2: judge dread is a
3: classic no not judge dread
2: oh you were talking. About, don't tell ma uh, don't sh- don't wait what did i say don't
3: yeah don't tell mom the babysitter oh day. i
2: messed it up i meant to say don't shoot her what's what's the movie he's in Stop or my mom will shoot. Stop or my mom will shoot. (laughs) Not don't tell mom (laughs) the babysitter's
0: dead.
3: (laughs) That makes more sense.
0: Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric
1: We are at minute twenty-six of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you?
2: Red, I'm just a pathetic Earthling.
1: All right, yes, yes, this is this is the show for and by pathetic Earthlings. Uh, we know our audience, and for the last day, we have our fantastic guests. Uh, you know them from Minute of Darkness. You know them from the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. We have Ryan, Ryan, and Katie. Guys, how are you?
3: Good. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm very good. Uh, so it's been a really fun week and I want to give Katie you one more chance. You got us, uh, Tuesday with a very good Katie's question. It's pretty much your signature thing. You did it every week for a minute of darkness. You've done it several times for uh Cosmic Geppetto. And we want to give you one more chance. Uh, if you don't have one off the top of your head, we can wait a little later, but we want to give you one more chance to, uh, to try to stump the, stump the panel with, a, 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 another one of your challenging, uh, questions.
3: All right, um, I'm gonna have to stew on it a little bit, um, but I'll I'll come up with something before the end of this episode.
1: All right, very good. We look forward to that. Uh, Ryan, are you doing well?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys?
1: Real good, and it's been so much fun having you back on. Uh, it, w- I, 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 I miss you, man. It, it, it's certainly, uh, we had so much fun doing Minute of Darkness, and uh, it's great to have you back on and uh, back on in the minute by minute format. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, and definitely, you know, once it was, uh, once the uh, Minute of Darkness was over, um, we didn't have the weekly uh, sessions, and I was like, God, something's missing from my life, and I don't know what it is, and I started drinking more, and I was like, that's not it. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> oh, what is that thing? And I was like, oh, it's because I'm not talking to Brad every week. And I then I pulled back on the on the drinking. So that was awesome. But anyway, yeah, I miss you too, man.
1: What other shows have you done? Because what's funny is uh, Ryan, the first time he ever did a podcast was on an episode of uh, Cosmic Better, where we were doing our best of the 90s. It was uh, It was Mystery Men, the Ben Stiller film uh, versus Army of Darkness. Uh, Ryan capably defended Army of Darkness. And then it, it, that was his first time doing pot in the podcast world. And then he went from that to Minute Darkness. But you've done some guest spots on other Minute by Minute.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I've done Spinal Tap Minute and uh, Never Ending Story Minute. And, uh, you know, I was going to do Road Warrior, but some things came up. I was bummed I didn't get to uh, hang out with you all there. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've done the, the, the Movie Minute cast uh, thing afterwards, after the Minute of Darkness. I had a great time.
1: Yeah, it's always a lot of fun, and uh, you know that's one of the nicest things about doing this format is you have a chance to sort of. Uh, there's a lot of great cross pollination. And Eric, you've uh, been on one or two other programs as well. Uh, why don't you call that out so people can uh, can do some quick searches on iTunes and find you on other shows?
2: Uh, my first ever podcast appearance was on one of the weekend editions of Star Wars Minute, episode 160, if I remember correctly, uh, talking about. Um, the difference of how Yoda talks in the movie versus the book *Empire Strikes Back*. Then I was on a couple of minutes of *Toy Story 2*, I believe minutes nine and ten. Did that in honor of my kids, which love who love that movie. And then Flash Gordon minute, where I am now. And I want to say that I feel like Ryan is future me. That uh, I have post Brad recording session depression to look forward to
3: you now. guys could start a support group
0: <laughs> start with, you withdrawal start a support group <laughs>
3: there's like a 12-step program
1: you guys like uh, team together with jarf is like he's the one jarfa uh, yeah uh, our producer jarf uh who uh i've done radio with since i was uh, 18 He's at the point right now where uh, Jarf always goes through these phases where he's always uh, real supportive and he he helps make this show – run smooth he does our intros and outros and uh helps book guests and stuff like that and uh but he gets to the point of the year where he gets real busy with his work and he stops he can't come on and be a a talent and uh yeah Jarf and i sort of miss each other at this time of year so uh yeah yeah well but that's okay because we're doing three episodes a week we're gonna stretch this out better than we did minute of darkness that would happen too fast but we're in Flash Gordon Minute now, we're in Minute 26, and Erica, why don't you walk us through this minute?
2: Sure, we start out with uh, Clytus is explaining uh, to uh, Ming exactly what Earth is after our three heroes have introduced themselves to him. He refers to Earth as a satellite, first of all, so I guess astronomy is not Clytus's strong suit. Uh, and then he says to Ming, it's been giving you so much amusement, and then there's this really long pause, and he says, recently. I love how he uses that pause to clarify exactly which planet he means, because obviously there have been many planets that have been giving Ming so much amusement, but he's got to make sure he understands, but it's the one that's recently giving you that amusement.
1: This is a cycle for for Ming, and we talked a little bit about the last minute where uh, when Ming killed the prince, and everyone was, you know, averting their eyes, and or perhaps it was the first minute of this week. Uh, pardon me, but uh, when Ming killed the prince, everyone averted their eyes, but no one looked really shocked. It was more, everyone was resigned to what was happening, and they all knew what was going to occur. Aside from, of course, uh, our heroes, uh, the first time they dealt with this, but everything that Ming does, it seems like it's something that. Is familiar to everyone because this is th- these are his habits. This is how his um, brand of uh, savagery uh, plays out. This leads into um, well, first off, Zarkov sort of uh, steps forward, and uh, it, up to this point, Zarkov's been a bit of a jerk. Uh, Starting, but this is his chance to redeem himself uh, when he really takes steps to redeem himself. Where. He takes the blame for Flash and Dale being there, uh, which, by the way, he should, because <laughs> kidnap kidnapped these people. But uh, Zarkov finally seems to be making some effort to be likable. The way they present the character is more likable than I feel he's been. And I don't know how necessary that was, because DePaul is such a blustery, likable actor um, that it's funny, I don't... I, 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 I didn't find myself hating him before this point like I probably should considering he kidnapped people at gunpoint and flung them into space to basically get you know, and we're going to see at the end of this minute basically took them to a strange planet so Dale could somehow be like uh, have a, be roofied by a magic spirit ring.
2: Well yeah and also I mean Zarkov says they're only you know why did you attack us we're only interested in friendship but the whole movie until this point all he's talked about is plans to counterattack, he's going to use his gun to shoot Mink, he tries to get in flash to start a revolution, and now he's oh, but I, I was only coming here in friendship. You weren't coming here
3: in friendship in the least.
1: Yeah, he came in friendship right after his gun got vaporized.
2: <laughs> All of a sudden, oh, no, I, I, I'm here for friendship, yeah.
3: With him, I kind of had an issue with him because... I, I, um, like, I'm pretty good at distinguishing accents and figuring out, like, where people are from, and even just, like, from, like, different parts of the U.S., but I found his accent to be indistinguishable. Like, sometimes I thought it was German, sometimes I thought it might be, like, uh, Italian or maybe British. Like, I could not determine where he was from.
2: Well, the actor is from Israel. Okay. Character, I mean, Zarkov, that sounds Russian, I guess?
1: possibly russian it's it, it is a crazy accent it's one of those is, is this a real thing from a real place or is it sort of like a uh andy kaufman in um taxi where it's just this is just a weird foreign guy accent it doesn't really go with anywhere
3: i didn't get israeli though for sure
2: no he, he sounds kind of british
3: actually It was like his impression of an israeli guy doing a, a <laughs> russian accent i don't know but I like I had a real hard time cuz I was like sometimes he sounded british and sometimes he sounded german. I was like well, who are you and where are you from?
1: Now, Katie and Ryan, you guys watched Flash Gordon for the first time recently. Uh, what was your first impression of Zarkov? Did did you just think he was a real sob when he it, it, is introduced in the movie and did he become more likable to you or was there just something certain sort of, like I said a, My impression of him is sort of inherently likable, even though he's doing a really jerky thing.
0: Yeah, I didn't like him in the beginning, but he kind of grew on me towards the end um, of the movie. So uh, he was like a a fungus. You know, he just kind of like, like I said, just kind of grew on me uh, towards the end there. But um, I I find him a little unbearable in the early scenes. um, But now once uh, he's on the alien planet, he's kind of like you know, doing his thing. I'm like, okay, he's all right. I, I he, He's all right in my book.
2: And that's consistent with what uh, the comic strip is. He starts out evil, he kidnaps them, he brings them to Mongo, and then once they start getting into adventures, he realizes, uh, you know, he did a bad thing, and, and he becomes a good guy and helps him out.
1: Katie, was that your impression as well?
3: Yeah, um, I think that's pretty spot on. Man, I agreed with you twice today, honey.
1: I told you, I'm an agreeable guy. <laughs> so that leads into... Ming making eyes at Dale, and uh,
2: hold on now. Be- before we get to that, uh, I just want to do one one quick other Ming thing before we get to uh, that. Uh, Is it
3: his incredible eyebrows?
2: <laughs> no, but please, please discuss those.
3: <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he has like an eyebrow guy or what, but they're pretty amazing.
0: Fake or is that his real head of hair and he just shaved everything but those.
2: You know, I I did not come across anything eyebrow-related in my research on this movie. (laughs) That's
0: amazing, because those things are happening.
1: It's always funny when actors are sort of forced to do something really crazy with their hair or their eyebrows. I know um, Zachary Quinto, who plays Spock in the uh, the rebooted, Jay Abrams directed and produced uh, Star Trek movies. He has to like have something funky done to his eyebrows to have the Spock look. And apparently you can tell when he's filming Star Trek, because then when he's out in public, he wears uh, glasses with really thick frames to hide the fact that he has uh, jacked up eyebrows. while filming that role. And I remember for the third Aliens movie, uh, Sigourney Weaver had to shave her head for that role. And uh, she literally had to shave her head. And she said, it was tough because she'd be out with her kids. And she said, there's just some weird reaction you get, especially because Sigourney Weaver is a really imposing woman. She's uh, taller than people would even imagine. So there's this just tall, striking woman with shaven head. She's like, people start avoiding you. Uh, was like, oh, there's bald woman. I don't know what's going on, but let's let's stay away from her. So it would be great if Max von Sydow had to have an eyebrow guy do the eyebrow stuff, and this dignified, uh, magnificently talented actor just, like, I got to walk around like this when I go to get my scone.
2: Well, as as you guys were chatting, I did a quick Google. I cannot find anything about Ming's eyebrows except for people marveling at the eyebrows.
3: But they are a wonder. Maybe the eighth wonder of the world.
0: <laughs> I think that whole facial hair setup with the eyebrows, eyebrows should just be called like rocking a Ming, because it's not like a Fu oh, Manchu, yeah. you know. It's not like a creepy mustache. It's like something else entirely different. Something that I think, like with the whole like beard craze going on right now, like I think some people could pull off really well, at least with the beard part.
1: Is this your way of announcing you're, you're going to be growing? You're going to be start rocking a Ming
0: soon. <laughs> You know, I can't grow facial hair as well as I'd like. Uh, if I could grow my facial hair like I grow my like my the head, uh, like head or hair, yes, but um, I can't do it. So, unfortunately no.
3: Not unfortunately.
2: Mezarkov uh-huh. you know, says, "Why do you attack us?" I, I I love Bing's response, "Why not?" It's just such a, you know, what a jerk response, you know, I absolutely love it. And then he calls them pathetic Urklings. He puts them down. And I love that there's a... You mentioned yesterday about some of the awesome camera angles in this movie. They've got this great camera angle of him literally looking down on them as he's putting them down for being stupid humans. I mean... They're all ants to him. It's just, it's, it's a nice little moment.
1: This is the closest that he's come to having a point where him sort of chiding them for, you know, basically stupid humans, throwing yourselves into space. You don't even know what you're doing, which is exactly what happened. You know, in the earlier minute, we had Zarkov first off, build a spaceship for that. For some reason, you need two people, one to like control it. And then the other person's like, be sure to step on the pedals. It's like, I, I still have problems with the design of that. Um, and Zarkov really did just kidnap people and get hurtled into space, and if not for the fact that Klytus um, uh, and, and Ming deciding they wanted these people brought to them, they they would have burnt up in space. It's the closest he has to a point. This is still a, an irredeemably evil and sort of over-the-top evil character, but did show that yeah, the humans are pretty stupid in this movie as well.
2: Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, we've, we've talked another other uh, minutes before about how... Zarkov literally has no plan, or whatever plan he does have changes every other second. So, you know, and I mean, Flash and Dale were kidnapped. They, they, they're they, here, they don't even want to be there. So yeah, it's just three people that are in completely over their heads.
1: So that leads into, are, are we ready to talk about Ming?
2: Yes, yes. Dale, Dale tells him, he says, come here. Dale says no. Ming gets a very evil gleam in his eye. He clearly is enjoying the fact that this woman said no, so he gets to use his ring on her. Here's the beginning of of creepy scene number one.
1: Yeah, he he really Weinsteins it up. This minute cuts out before it gets too weird.
2: Right, that's, that's the next minute, yeah.
1: Who's our guest next week?
2: Oh, give me a second, I'll tell you. Keep talking.
1: We're, we're, we're going to have some real weird stuff to talk about next week with the uh, the effect of this.
2: Jonathan Howell from Mission Impossible Minute.
1: Well, he, he's fantastic. We're just going to have like some really uncomfortable conversations about the effects that this ring has on Dale.
4: <laughs>
1: this is going to be about as bad as when we did uh, Minute of Darkness and we had to talk about like the weird sexual assault stuff that Evil Ash did.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's going to be uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> This is sort of a – the ring effect is like we talked about earlier this week. This scene is such a mix of the extravagant and no expenses spared. The costumes are amazing, and the sets are amazing. Uh, and it was obvious they spent big money on making all this happen. And then I think they just spent ah, $4.28 on the effect of the, uh, of the ring taking control of her um, – Looks like just someone went over the film with a, a, a red highlighter.
2: Although there is there is a cool effect, though, that as she gets red, the rest of the room gets darker. And I don't think that's anything I ever noticed until reviewing this for this minute.
1: I'll have to watch that one more time. It didn't even occur to me to, to, to see the effect on that. Yeah, so that's sort of where the minute leaves off.
3: So one thing I would like to talk about is something that I noticed in the, like first moment that I saw Flash, but... I thought he looked like a Ken doll, especially with his like perfectly coiffed hair that like doesn't move throughout the entire movie.
1: Yeah, for a rough and tumble athlete, uh, it looks like he uses quite a bit of product to keep his hair in place.
3: And then the other thing that I noticed is that uh, he and Dale match. I don't know if that was intentional or not, (laughs) but they're like matchy matchy.
1: (laughs) Am I the only person who has thought of the white stripes while watching the two of them next to each other? Apparently, I am.
2: I think. I think our silence means yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <sighs> Nobody, you, damn it, Ryan! You're supposed to be the agreeable one. You couldn't just pretend to go along with me there.
0: Uh, yeah, no, that's true. Can we rewind do that, do that No, it's too late. Damn it. Yes, of course. It's the first thing I thought of.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? This is
2: live. Everyone's listening to us right now.
1: Not not a great movie, but a, a, a movie that at least got one thing really right was uh, the Warren Beatty, Dick Tracy film where Warren Beatty to, to create the feel of a comic strip come to life and comic strips known and comic books, you know, sort of were known for you know, like basically having four colors, four color op And so in Dick Tracy, everything that was yellow in Dick Tracy was the same color yellow. Everything that was red was the same color red. Like they, they pick their representative color for everything. I, I got sort of got the same feeling when it, it comes with, to uh, Flash and Dale, where you know they're wearing red and white, and they're wearing the same red, even to sort of create the cohesion. And uh, in, in the real world, it's ridiculous. You would think in the real world, if Dale saw him, she's like, ah, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go put something blue on just to break this up." But in, in the in the world of Flash Gordon, where everything is basically where it's basically you know comic book come to life, I think it works.
2: I agree, absolutely. I mean, the colors are great in this movie.
1: Um, Anything else that uh, sort of caught your interest in this film? In this minute, Katie?
3: No, I do have a question, though.
1: Oh, okay. This is your Katie question?
3: Yes. Oh,
1: that question. Oh, okay.
4: Oh, yeah, all right. All right. Always a curious girl. To know the world doesn't mean to start a fight, but she knows she might not here to start trouble. She has got to know Katie Question.
3: <laughs>
1: All right. What is the Katie's question?
3: While I was watching the movie for the first time last week, I kept being like, "Oh, this is like this movie." So, and I'll and I will share with you after everybody else goes what movie I kept drawing parallels with. But I was wondering what um, what movie you thought had the most like parallels or similarities. Like, what did this remind you of? Like, an- another movie.
1: Uh, now, are you saying something that's contemporary to this, or something that, uh, a, a movie that has since drawn influence from Flash?
3: A movie that, I don't, I don't know, well, see, you guys probably saw this movie prior to seeing a lot of other movies, but what, whatever spin you want to take on that question. We
2: mentioned earlier this week that Guardians of the Galaxy ruined the prospect of this of a remake of Flash being made by someone, so uh, I go, I, I stay with that. Guardians
4: of the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, that certainly makes sense, and we have talked previous about how in uh, Thor Ragnarok th- there was definitely a, a scene where they're escaping the prison planet. Uh, in a scene that felt very Flash Gordon, uh, the way they used music and just sort of the the happy go luckiness of the that scene. Uh, so there's a bit of influence uh, when it comes to contemporary. There was something about, I want to say, Last Starfighter, a movie that I really enjoyed where uh, you had an over-the-top evil villain, although he was a little smarmier than uh, Ming ever was. But also just the the sci-fi where the lead is sort of just lucking into this adventure. I I think there's something similar there. So those are the two call-outs I would make Thor Ragnarok and as a contemporary of this uh, Last Starfighter. What about
0: you guys, Katie and Ryan?
3: Oh, you have to go. It's my question. I go left.
0: <laughs> this question's terrifying. I didn't even think about it. All
3: right, fine. Well, so as we've mentioned multiple times, the first time I saw this movie was like a week ago. So this was being compared to every other movie that I've ever seen. And I kept saying, this is like The Wizard of Oz. Mm. It was like the wing people, and there was a lot of green, and the little people. <laughs> I there. I just remember throughout the movie being like, "This is like the Wizard of Oz."
0: Holy crap, that's good.
2: <laughs> Very early on, uh, one of our first episodes, we were talking about how the color scheme in the movie changes from when they're on Earth, and then as soon as they get to Mongo, it the, the colors just explode, and it's and it's the colors were so muted when they were on Earth, and we mentioned that that's something that reminded us of that that change that happens in Wizard of Oz. Good call.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. Good. Yeah, see. It may have been addressed in the past that or Katie may have been accused of like, you think of these questions all week long so you can look really smart compared to everyone else. And then it was addressed that she still is smarter than everyone else.
3: Um, I came up with this question while we were talking about this particular minute. So I don't know what you want.
0: Very cool. You know, I, I, had, I had a point, um, I found this movie to be very entertaining and I found myself laughing at it throughout. But I don't think that's what the intention was. I I think maybe the intention was to, like, you know, have, like, kind of, like, it be entertaining, but, like, there were parts in this movie where I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Like, and I know they didn't take it too seriously, but, like, I mean, some of the delivery is great, like, um, and it's in this minute where... (laughs) um Ming is like you come closer and Zarkov like moves forward he's like not you it's like of course he wasn't talking to you you freaking moron and then like part of me wanted like after he's like you and then kind of like waves his hand and then I wanted Flash to move forward but like that would have been like intentionally funny and it's like I don't know if they necessarily intended it to be as kind of I guess comedic as it is
1: It would have been great if that would have been an extended scene where it's like, No, no, you and then flash steps where it's like, No, not you, you and then Deep Roy takes a step forward. It's like, Why would I want you? (laughs) It's just a five minute scene of everyone else in the room except for Dale, who is completely oblivious, is like, Where's he wants the chick? It's an excellent call-out. Yeah, it's a fun movie. And the the director has talked about where he really did not know what he was doing. Uh, and that was something that, Eric, you've called out in the past, that he, he was really in over his head. Yeah. So there's sort of a directorial, improvisational feel to this film.
2: Yeah, and that the screenwriter—we've mentioned this before, guys, but the screenwriter, one of his big credits is also from the original Adam West Batman So I think that gives you a little insight there also. The screenwriter was kind of torn because the producer of the movie, Dino De Laurentiis, in the beginning, he wanted a serious, legitimate, like, you know, oh, Star Wars was a big hit. Let's make the next Star Wars. Um, And it just wasn't coming together that way. And slowly but surely, the movie turned into this more campy, humorous way that it ended up being. But because it started out one way and ended up shifting the other way, it left the screenwriter unhappy. It left the director every day coming to the set not knowing what he was going to do. And so it, it made everything uh, a little bit wacky.
1: Yes, they they wanted to make a new Star Wars. And I think we'd all agree they succeeded beyond their wildest imaginings. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been an amazing week, uh, guys. Uh, so much. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and again, uh, you guys are going to be heard on Cosmic Geppetto podcast. You, uh, that show wouldn't be the same without you. And it's it's been great having you on. Katie, again, where can people find out more about your work with Special Olympics?
3: Yeah. So uh, Ryan and I and a couple of our friends are currently raising money for Special Olympics Colorado, and um, we're running a 5K. You can check it out at runhoneybadger.run.
1: Very cool. And uh, if you're able to support it, we recommend you do so. It's a great organization, uh, a great cause in, uh, you know supporting Katie, who's been involved with this is uh, su- such a wonderful thing to do so uh you know guys thank you so much for 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 coming on
3: thanks for having us absolutely
0: thank you
1: and uh eric where can people find out more about uh minute yeah <laughs> uh, flash gordon minute
2: your worlds are colliding like george costanza's <laughs> yeah. uh hang out with us on facebook flash gordon minute listeners vortex chat with us on twitter flash gordon pod and email us at flash gordon minute at gmail.com
1: so, uh eric as always uh it's been fantastic doing this thank you so much you uh th- this all began with you uh, and it's uh, and every week is just uh, more and more fun so thank you so much
2: oh no listen you you are my enabler
1: it's been a great week uh and looking forward to the weekend but uh you know it's 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 not all roses
2: oh come on what's wrong with the weekend come on you got to be kidding me
1: you know, I'm gonna be thinking about doing this uh, th- this week. We did and having you and uh, Ryan on, and I'm just worried that I'm gonna just have a really embarrassing mix-up, and then next week I'm gonna start calling you Ryan.
2: Oh, I see. Well, you know, Eric Ryan. I mean, we got the four letters in the first name. There's an R. You know, you got a the third letter is a vowel. So I can understand your confusion, but if your tongue's twisted all up and down and all around and you can't figure out whose names go and where, don't worry about it. Flash will save every one of us.
0: Listeners, you won't want to miss next week because we're covering Flash's legendary football fight with Mission Impossible Minutes' Jonathan Howe. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute.